Thank you for downloading this episode of the 155 Podcast, the public records interview series of all candidates in Hamilton's 2018 municipal election. For more election coverage, visit thepublicrecord.ca where you can sign up for our City Hall newsletter. Episode 49, Susan McKechnie, running for Ward 15, Hamilton City Councilor, recorded on September 11th, 2018. Susan McKechnie, you're running for city councilor in Ward 15. Welcome to the Public Records, the 155 podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Joey. Firstly, tell us, who is Susan McKechnie? So I'm the daughter of immigrants from Scotland. My dad was a lifer at Tefasco, and my mom worked in a long-term care facility. I'm the wife of a husband who I met at McMaster University in Mills Library 28 years ago. I'm a mother to Andrew, Alistair, and Charlie. I'm also an entrepreneur, having owned my own consulting company for the last 20 years, focusing on staffing, recruitment, retention, human resources, planning, and development. In recent years, I started working with young people, providing mentorship and helping them to craft career plans that make sense. Because 60% of grade six students will be doing jobs that don't even exist today, and I believe that helping students to get off on the right path makes a lot of sense. My husband and I also own and manage commercial real estate assets across the province of Ontario. So I've had experience owning rentals, working with the city, getting permits, collecting rent, managing the books. We are a busy family, and uh, I'm a person who cares about our community. Why are you running? So I love my community, and I made a specific choice to live here and raise our family on our farm, and I want to make a difference. I have a political science degree from McMaster, and I know that all politics is local. The person that we choose to represent us decides everything that affects our daily life. I know that good policy and planning make strong, progressive communities, and my neighbors and friends were not feeling a demonstration of that in Ward 15. So I felt it was time to step up. So for more than a decade, we've been dealing with traffic congestion, lack of infrastructure investment road safety, community safety and security, and a lack of tax equity. And people were feeling frustrated. So I knew that my corporate experience could be put in place to create a strategic plan, strong leadership, collaboration, putting milestones in place that could be measured, and to have accountability. So we need to put a project plan in place to support our community in this crazy amount of growth. So I'm not a politician. But I am a business professional and somebody that is accountable to her clients to deliver results. I know we can do better in our community, and I felt it was time for me to create change and to be the change that I want to see. How have you contributed to your community and our city? So our family is committed to always giving back to our community because we have three boys and we want to lead by example to give back and raise good citizens. So in Ward 15, we live in a farming community, and it's a supportive culture of serving your community anyway in a farming community. So my husband is a firefighter in Station 24, wears a pager 24-7 in response to calls, even if it's Christmas dinner. I chose to use my volunteer life uh, to support youth. So I really prefer to talk about what our community does and not specifically I have been the co-chair at Guy Brown School for Fundraising. I've been a youth mentor with cadets. I've been a volunteer guest speaker at schools and parent information councils across the region talking about career and post-secondary planning. I ran a 16-night career literacy seminar for HCYC in Waterdown. 
I've been a board member and a chaperone for the Burlington Teen Tour Band. I volunteer heavily at our church with my family, and I'm a Rotarian. So we teach our kids that participating in giving back enriches your life, and you get out of it more than you put in. And so that's important to mentor our own children to do that. What are your two priorities for Ward 15 and two priorities for Hamilton as a whole? So first priority, having a strategic plan to manage the growth in our ward. This plan has to include all stakeholders, allow for broad public dialogue, and needs to have measurement milestones so that everyone can be held to account. My second is representing taxpayers with a strong voice at the table because we do not have tax equity. Ward 15 is the fastest growing ward in all of Hamilton, and we pay the highest amount of tax in all of the wards. Along with Ancaster, we pay approximately $1,900 per person in tax while other wards are paying as little as 1000 So I intend on changing the conversation at City Hall to tax equity. When it comes to priorities in the city, number one, fiscal responsibility is at the top of the list. We need to strip away bureaucracy, waste that is causing taxpayers to be one of the highest taxpaying cities in Canada. We as council members elected by taxpayers need to make good decisions with their money and make sound short and long-term decisions. Second of all, strong economic development focus has to happen. We need to be open for business. The key to prosperity in any city is based on the opportunity that city residents have to earn a living. Hamilton was once the economic engine, and we've lost our way in recent times. When we look at Hazel McCallion in Mississauga as an example, her commitment was to bring more corporate head offices, and they have over 100 global head offices located in Mississauga, Ontario. So these are the keys to success. We can also look to examples of Buffalo, who has a nice strategic private partnership with Tesla, and they have taken brownfield sites and made them into this amazing opportunity for Buffalo. And Pittsburgh is now touted as being the home to AI industry, doing strategic alliances with Carnegie Mellon, and they have autonomous vehicles roaming the streets today. So Hamilton needs to be inspired by these opportunities and identify the opportunities here at home. What are three skills you will bring to elected office that make you the best choice to represent Hamiltonians on city council? With both corporate and entrepreneurial experience and a degree in political science from McMaster University, I feel like I have the skill set that we're going to have to have to face the challenges in Hamilton and in Ward 15. So our issues are mismanagement and acceptance of the status quo, and we need to do better. So I bring strong leadership and collaborative skills, strategic planning, and proven business experience, and tenacious execution. So I believe I'm the candidate with a strategic vision, leadership, and collaborative skills to deliver results to taxpayers in Ward 15 and in Hamilton. Businesses in the Hamilton Technology Center state that they are at a competitive disadvantage due to a lack of HSR service connecting them to McMaster and Waterdown. Further, staff and students traveling to McMaster from Waterdown are forced to bear the costs and burdens of driving to McMaster. As Ward 15 City Councilor, how will you manage this issue during the next four years? So I have spoken in person with Rob at HTC and with many local businesses in the past year. It's very difficult to attract and retain talent if we're not providing transit options. Millennials often depend on transit, and if we don't compete for talent, then 
they'll just find jobs elsewhere. So we have to support our local businesses and help them to attract and retain talent by offering transit solutions. It's that simple. Students need to get out to school. We have isolated seniors that need transportation. Our current bus doesn't even go to downtown. And we can't get our students to Westdale, St. Mary's. We can't get them to McMaster, Mohawk. This is essential. My son is in Westdale for a French immersion, and if he misses the bus, it takes him an hour and 50 minutes to travel home. And I believe we can do better than this. So the BLAST network is a good start, and I'd like to see that come online as soon as possible. Hamilton's zoning regulations prevent the building of multi-unit clustered housing, which is in scale with existing single-family housing, commonly referred to as the missing middle. There are approximately 100,000 Hamiltonians in their 20s and approximately 140,000 Hamiltonians over the age of 65. The missing middle is medium-density, transit-connected housing in walkable communities and is important to young renters, first-time owners, and critical for seniors seeking to successfully age in place in the communities they've lived for decades. As a member of City Council, you will need to address housing challenges in Hamilton. You will face opposition to infill development and provincially mandated intensification. How will you respond to concerns about development, and where do you believe mid-density growth should occur in your ward? I actually just interestingly got back from Vancouver, and they had so many interesting options of using industrial lands to create affordable housing, and to even in Richmond, B.C., they had houseboats as an option. So there's creative ways to solve this problem. But Developers should be incented to deliver appropriately to the community's need. We have to have simple things to address this concern and to look to other municipalities as an example of what other things we could do to provide these options. The proposed waterfront project is interesting. It allows for about 20% affordable housing. I'd like to see that include senior housing. But it is important that we nurture strong relationships, and we want all wards to be livable. And we want young people to make their lives here in Hamilton. So particularly in Ward 15, we, I don't think we have a strong opposition to sensible medium density growth or intensification. The challenge is what the reverse of what the lower city is experiencing because we have no real transit network. And our arterial roads are, as you have all heard, an absolute nightmare. And so what we have done is we have intensified and built this housing without being able to support putting the appropriate arterial routes in. So an east-west corridor of Dundas and a north-south on Hamilton makes sense for mid-density infill, but the village of Waterdown is feeling like we have built the intensity and we've built it, but we haven't supported it with the right infrastructure. So mid-density infill can conveniently coexist in these corridors, as long as we also keep the historic village of Waterdown feeling. We're the beautiful village on the hill. It's a beautiful Victorian village, and we want developers to consider our senior citizens. We've lost 15% of our senior citizens due to the fact that we're not providing them with affordable housing options and senior-friendly housing options, but we also want it to be in keeping of the beautiful village we all live in. What is something interesting or unique about Ward 15 that you believe the rest of Hamilton should know? We are the highest projected growth ward in all of Hamilton, and we actually are so large, we're roughly the size of Brantford, and we have three municipal neighbors, including Burlington, Milton, and Puslinch. 
Interesting. Justin Bieber just bought a house in Puslinch, so we're hoping he'll be a regular, regular shopper in our ward. What are two changes you will propose to improve city services? I think there needs to be a, a paradigm shift in the city. Taxpayers are our customers, and we need to have a customer-focused change. Taxpayers deserve responsible government that delivers appropriate services to address the demands. We're going to have to deal with efficiency, enhancing services, and we need to address them sort of head on. To do this, Hamilton must benchmark and stop doing what we did things in, in the past and start being innovative. Progressive cities around the world deliver innovation, and we deserve that kind of service level here in Hamilton. So for example, I'll use the example of in Mississauga, we have one and a half times the size of Hamilton. In, they're paying about $35 a person for library services. And here in Hamilton, we're paying about $65. So let's take a look, use data-driven insights to figure out why are we paying so much more for library services in our city when other cities are delivering the same services for less money. So these are the important things that we need to provide better customer service, but we also have to look to other municipalities of how they're doing that. The second thing is, is Hamilton also needs to do a better job long-range planning. So if we say that it's the best place to raise a child and age successfully, we also have to stick with the mission of providing a high-quality, cost-conscious public service. And that has to happen to live up to mandates. If we're going to provide the best place to raise a child and age successfully, we also have to consider our costs and do it in a cost-effective manner. What are two changes you will propose to improve quality of life in Hamilton? Where we live shapes who we are, and a municipal government has the opportunity to provide some of the levels of life-improving services. To me, number one, it has to be road safety. One death is just too many. We have to have community safety zones, automated speed enforcement, separated bike lanes in the core, and I support Vision Zero. Road safety has to be at the front of who we are because we do not want to have safety issues in our city like we've been suffering from. Number two, improvement in transportation infrastructure and transit solutions for all Hamiltonians. So we have to consider that we are a 1,200 square kilometer municipality. And we have to move all Hamiltonians efficiently. So we have to look at vehicular traffic. We have to look at transit, darts, taxi service, ride sharing, cycling. All of these things, active commuting, is all part of moving Hamiltonians. So sitting on Highway 5 for 30 minutes in gridlock or waiting for a bus that doesn't show up is not serving our customers. Hamilton City Council decided against ranked balloting. Ranked balloting enables voters to choose by prioritizing candidates such as the top three. They feel qualified for public office and best able to represent them. What is your position on ranked ballot? I actually support ranked balloting. I had the opportunity of going to a women in government seminar and went and actually participated in a mock election where we used the ranked balloting. Where it benefits is when you have a situation like wards, different wards that have 11, 13, 15 candidates, it brings more democracy and it allows for a better process. However, in saying that, we also need to make sure that we increase engagement because if you're having a ranked ballot, you have to make sure that people are educated 
You need to do things like Joey's podcast because this is a way to have dialogue with incumbents and also with challengers. And I do think that it helps to strengthen democracy in the long run. So I would support ranked balloting. How will you improve civic governance and engagement during the next four years? So in Ward 15, we had a 27.8% turnout in our municipal election. So if that is an indication of our engagement, then we have room for improvement for sure. So first of all, our city clerk and city manager need to commit to upholding an ethics-first environment with employees and with our council members. We need to ensure good governance and measure our continuous improvement. How I would improve that is make government easier to understand through communication. I would want to uh, increase access to information. It's too challenging at City Hall to get information. I've learned that the hard way through this election. We need to put meetings on YouTubes to be more accessible and transparent. And in my ward, we need to broaden dialogue and have a solid communication strategies that people can be engaged and get the information they need. One thing we know is that apathy kills democracy, so we need to be making sure that people have more civic engagement, more information, and better governance so that we can provide better service. Two-way communication is the way we will do a better job of supporting our community. How will the City of Hamilton's strategic plan guide your decision-making in hiring a new city manager, and what qualities do you seek in a new city manager? So first of all, this obviously is up my alley because I'm a recruitment and retention specialist, but we need to use our strategic plan to guide our decisions of any executive leader that we hire. Selecting the right people across municipality leadership is the most important things that we as council will do. People lead change. People make the difference and people deliver the value. So we have to ask ourselves when we're hiring the new city manager, what are our values? So if our strategic plan states that we want to be cost conscious, we want to create health and safety and prosperity, sustainability, transparency, economic diversity, active people, state-of-the-art technology, trust, confidence, and high performance, we need to make sure that the values of the person that we are hiring is aligned with our strategic plan. Second of all, the core competencies of the person we hire, we need someone who is strong at managing up and down. We need to have someone who's committed to execution of the strategic plan. We need to have strong change agent and a change management skill. We need solid record of fiscal responsibility. And we need somebody who is willing to empower and engage the employees of the city of Hamilton to deliver better service. Ethics first and customer service focus is at the heart of who this person is. Politics is the art of allocating limited resources and compromising to find solutions. How will you do so? Okay, so this is an ongoing challenge for any individual, any family, any business, any charitable organization or government. We need continuous engagement and we need continuous improvement to make sure that we're using our resources in the best way possible. So council cannot work in a silo. We need to tackle the issues in a collaborative manner. A strong downtown core is good for the suburbs, and supporting the explosive growth in the suburbs will benefit the lower city. So as council members, we have to break down the silos and find the common ground to provide citizens with the best possible outcomes. Continuing to work in a silo and not reaching across the aisle is not going to get us to where we are 
And if we as leaders have really committed to a strategic plan, we need to hold our city council members, according to what they agree with, we need to hold those city councilor people accountable for delivering on this strategic plan. It's 2022. The public record is writing a review of the four-year council term that is just ending. What three words do you hope we will use to describe your term on council, and what three words do you hope will describe council as a whole? What I'm hoping is, is that the three things are going to be the same. I hope that the three words will be communicative. So I want to bring a level of discussion to City Hall and to make sure that we are more communicative and more engaged as a community and as a council. Number two is change agent. I really believe that insanity is defined as expecting a different outcome by continuing to do the same things over and over. So we need to change the way we're doing things. And I'm hoping that people will see me as a change agent and really delivering change. But I also hope that they say that council did the same thing, that they really changed the culture and changed the ability to be customer service focused and to deliver change in all areas. Thirdly, I hope that people feel that I and council are results oriented. So measuring tactical and strategic results and delivering them to residents, particularly obviously for my residents in Ward 15, but also delivering results to the whole of the city. We need to work together. And if we, at the end of this, if somebody says to us that we were more communicative, change-focused, and results-oriented, I feel we would have been a great council. Thank you. That's the end of the prepared questions you were sent in advance. Do you have any closing remarks that you wish to share? I just think that this is a great exercise in democracy. People don't want to hear debate. They want to share their ideas and hear how leaders intend on solving problems. I hope that this podcast has gone a long way to improving this, and I hope that this podcast and more things like this is an awesome idea about really giving more of a voice and the ability to speak to all Hamiltonians. So I'd like to hear that people are getting involved because I really do believe that apathy will kill democracy. So let's get engaged and listen to all the podcasts and learn because I do think that the more engaged we are, the more accountable our leaders are and the better results for all Hamiltonians. Thank you for joining us today. I wish to thank Central Branch of the Hamilton Public Library for the use of their sound studio where we recorded today's podcast. This has been episode 49 of the Public Records, the 155 podcast. The Public Record is Hamilton's local, independent, reader-funded news outlet. This podcast is made possible by members of the Public Records Press Club. Visit thepublicrecord.ca to learn more and listen to all episodes of the 155 podcast. Sign up for our newsletter and stay informed. The Public Record is a member of the National News Media Council, a voluntary self-regulatory organization that deals with journalistic practices and ethical behavior. To learn more about the Media Council, visit the Media Council at mediacouncil.ca. Thank you for listening. See you at the polls on October 22nd.